We are Pod Jerky, two Canadian buddies serving up multi-flavored audio jerky in every episode. If you like good times, strong coffee, maple syrup, swamp donkeys, hockey, the outdoors, common sense, dogs, conspiracy theories, sports, and life in general, then subscribe and follow our podcast and check out our social media channel at Pod Jerky. Pod Jerky, make it a double. Some of the topics discussed on Blackbird, an advocacy podcast, may be difficult to hear. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to episode 25 of Blackbird, an advocacy podcast. Woo! Our podcast is old enough to rent a car. Yes, it is. Although I think you're old enough to rent at 23. Nope. I looked it up. Yeah. 25. In New York State. But then there's also, like, specific indemnities for 21 to 25. Like, if you're a young driver or oh, something. Okay. But, like, technically, you have to be 25. And we're old enough to rent a hotel room in some hotels. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Woo! You can count on us not to party, because no 25-year-old has ever trashed a hotel room. Uh, I highly doubt that. Yeah, that's the point. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we're like officially a quarter of a century in episode terms. Right. If we recorded one episode a year, we would be a quarter of a century old. If you have not yet listened to parts one and two of our Fort Hood coverage, be sure to do that before listening to this one. Those are episodes 23 and 24. Today's episode will be our final episode of our extensive military sexual violence expose. We have one more story to tell, and then we want to honor all the soldiers from Fort Hood that we lost this year. So let's get into it. This is episode 25, Fort Hood, part three. I am, of course, your host, Sarah, and with me is my beautiful co-host dan i mean i don't know how beautiful i am right now i just woke up i'm in my pjs beautiful i haven't did my hair nope beautiful sure i'll take it everybody's beautiful that's the point yes when we began this coverage we discussed the case of gregory waddell morales as well as that of Vanessa Guillen. And we told you all about the restructuring that is going on at Fort Hood and the investigative measures they are finally taking to figure out what the F is happening there and why sexual harassment and sexual violence are not being taken as seriously as they should. Just before this restructuring, another harrowing case broke out of Fort Hood Army Base. At 5.30 p.m. on August 25, 2020, Temple Police received a call that a body was seen hanging from a tree about 28 miles from the base. It was confirmed that the man found was Sergeant Elder Fernandez of the U.S. Army. 
He had enlisted in the army in 2016, becoming a nuclear specialist. And he was just 23 years old when he was found. He had disappeared on either August 17th or 19th. I've seen conflicting reports. But nonetheless, he disappeared from base about a week before being found. What do you think happened to him? If history is any indicator, I'm betting he's no longer with us. Yes. Uh, He unfortunately died by suicide. You know, we talk all the time about like PTSD and, and things like that, that are contributors to a lot of soldiers committing suicide, but that's not the case in this situation. I mean, so many things are unfortunate in this situation because A, he was 23 years old. He was incredibly young. B, he had already made sergeant. And C, he was a nuclear specialist. So clearly a very intelligent man that we unfortunately lost. You know, this was probably somebody that, again, we should have more of in the military. And the military was unable to protect him. Right. While the official autopsy report states Elder died by suicide and the Temple Police do not believe foul play is suspected, attorney Natalie Kawan believes there is blood on the Army's hands. You see, back in May, Elder had reported having been inappropriately touched by a male superior. Lieutenant Colonel Chris Brodigam, there are a lot of names in this that I'm not going to be able to pronounce, so bear with me, says when Elder reported, a unit sexual assault response coordinator worked closely with him to ensure Elder was aware of all of his reporting and advocacy options. After the report, Elder was transferred to a new unit within the brigade in order to shield him from further retaliation. However, word spread through the new unit of Elder's report, and he began to be harassed, belittled, bullied, and hazed. Which is completely ridiculous. Like, I don't... I've never understood that, why you can hear that someone is going through something. I mean, especially, like... So let's say for a moment that we're total male chauvinist pig a-holes and we're like oh yeah chicks in the military deserve to be harassed because they're chicks not warriors so here's a guy saying like oh this dude is being gay all up on me shouldn't you be like yeah let's get him for being gay not like oh how dare you call this guy out like it doesn't like there's no logic with these people no like even if you try to get on their level and be an a-hole like they are, they still don't make any damn sense. It's always, in these situations, it's always blame the victim. It doesn't matter who the victim right. is. It's always blame the, right. blame the victim. We never see that in, in like, burglary cases. <laughs> right. Right. Like, we, like, what a loser your house got broken into. Yeah. How dare you report that someone stole your television? Right. Like, we don't see that. Right. So why is it always so stigmatized when it comes to sexual violence why it's because and we've talked about this in in an older episode about this puritanical nonsense that we still that we still carry from 
hundreds of years ago when this nation was founded that you don't you just don't say the word sex and you don't talk about anything related to being physical with another person at all we have this stigma in the u.s which which people don't even believe anymore but it's it's so ingrained it's been taught so so fervently through the generations that we still just we we cringe anytime we hear about anything that has to do with physical intimacy yeah whether it's whether it's actually intimate or not you know actually intimate or not it's 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 been with us since the Mayflower. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> and people need to get the F over it. Even though, like I said, people have gotten over it. I mean, we're, at this point, we're a pretty promiscuous society. We've completely <laughs> accepted, you know, what they would have called hookup culture. Yep. Like, 10 or 20 years ago, that was a unique thing. The, the idea of, like, going out and, like clubbing and hooking up with people and like having one night stands right. or, or meeting people on on tinder apps on things internet. like that mm-hmm. right that yep. was that even even just 10 or 20 years ago that yep. was like that was taboo absolutely that was day class a we're at the point now where we we've even accepted that so clearly at a conscious level the collective consciousness of u.s citizens have accepted a lot more today than they would have back in back in the day as far as physical contact, sexual behavior, and yet we still have this thing in the back of our minds. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't mean you and I, I mean the collective consciousness. Yes, the culture. We yeah. still have this puritanical ideal mm-hmm. which kicks in every now and then in our subconscious and says like, oh, we can't talk about sexual assault. Right. Right. Like you can't even talk about it. It's not a thing. But meanwhile, if you and your buddies are at a bar and you harass some girl, that's cool. Good job. You know, you <sighs> almost got her. I know. I know. There was actually, um, I was just reading, there's an Instagram that I follow that basically like survivors send their stories in and they're anonymous, but we get to see that this happens like all day, every day, practically. And there was one that, um, that struck me because it was a woman who was out at a bar and a man approached her and asked her to dance or asked her to, if he could buy her a drink. I don't remember exactly, but she said no. She said she wasn't interested. And he grabbed her, like pulled her from the bar and then threw her to the ground. What a piece of trash. Because she said no to him. Right. We, like... Why in this society are we allowing people to get so upset over rejection? There's so much around this. Again, that there's so much stigma that surrounds everything that has to do with sexual harassment, sexual violence, anything sexual. Like, the victim is, is, is the person who needs to be ridiculed and, and, and told that they're wrong. But the perpetrator is is in the right. Like we kept seeing that in in the survivor stories that we talked to with Amanda and Chastity. Like none of these people were actually being held responsible for their actions, but Chastity and Amanda were were ridiculed, harassed even further. Um, now have to live with continued PTSD from their experiences and in in this 
what bothers me so much is the fact that he had to get transferred. Sergeant Fernandez had to get transferred instead of the perpetrator being right. transferred or having a zero tolerance policy that right. if there were there's a report against you in any way, shape, or form, you're out. That right. didn't happen. Or at least, or at least, you know, you can't necessarily kick someone out just for having a report against them, but but suspend the duties of both parties pending an investigation. You know what I mean? Because I could just I could just not like you and submit a report against right, you. Right, okay, so be fair to both, both parties. Support. Right, yeah, so... suspend both parties from their duty, like with pay and everything, don't, you know, don't kick them out, but suspend both parties with pay pending a speedy investigation. That's yes. the other thing that we keep seeing as a theme here is these investigations are taking effing forever. Well, they either take forever or they nothing actually happens. They file a report and then it's like, oh, yeah, we have the paperwork, we're done. Case closed. Yeah, so, so suspend both parties, you know... You know, honorably, for lack of a better word, you know, no one, no one's in trouble yet, but we need to look into this and we need to look into it now and right. figure out what did happen. Right. And because someone here is in the wrong, someone here is a piece of trash because either someone sexually assaulted someone else or someone is now falsely filing reports. Correct. Sexual yeah. Assault. Mm -hmm. One of these two people is a piece of crap. Right. And you, don't you want to know as soon as possible? Absolutely. And, you know, we talk about a lot that... False reports about sexual assault are so rare that it's right. highly unlikely, especially for a male to report against a male in the right. military. Yeah. We can pretty much assume that he is telling the truth. Right. Yeah. Because, because he knows that there's going to be retaliation against him. Yeah. Because it, to get in their mind for a minute, I wouldn't let a guy do that to me. Exactly. I'd, I'd punch him right in the face. Exactly. Yeah. I wouldn't let some guy touch me. Yeah. I'm not gay. What am I, gay? And I read in one report that they called it something like violent, I inappropriate touching or something like that. So, like, I don't know what exactly what happened. Like, I don't know how involved the inappropriate contact was. You know, that shouldn't matter. If he inappropriately touched him, it, it, period, you know, that should be the case. But... For it to be considered something violent, you know, that tells me that this person is is willing to just do whatever, right. you know, possibly yeah. go farther or do it again, as we talk right. about all the yep. time, yep. you know. So the fact that I couldn't find any reports that the perpetrator was in any way held responsible at that time and just that Sergeant Fernandez was shipped off somewhere else like again it's it's telling the victim that you're the one at fault not only that that you're are you telling the victim that they effed up and they should feel bad for it but you're telling the perpetrator that they could just keep doing Correct. it because not only are, is he not being punished here but you're now taking care of the problem for him Right. <laughs> yes. You don't have to worry about retaliation we're just going to take care of it for you yeah it's like it's like when you separate kids in, in second grade, because one of the kids pushed the other kids. Yep. It's not going to solve the problem. No. No. You just pushed the other kid for him. Now he's just going to go and push all the other exactly. kids. Exactly. Exactly. How do you think that this is going to solve any problems? Correct. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's the... We we as a society, like whether it's the military or, or civilians, whatever, we have to figure out a better way to hold 
the perpetrators responsible and to help the victims navigate through their healing, their, their experience. Because if we continue to just do things like this, where we're just moving the victim around, but we're not really doing anything to the perpetrator. And I don't even mean this in, in sexual assault. I mean this in any criminal activity. Exactly. We're not solving the problem. We're not solving anything. We're just, we're just reorganizing so that it looks better for us. Exactly. And that it's easier for us. Right. At At the end of the day, when you have a problem, your first thought should be, how do I solve the problem? Yeah. So like in the case of criminality, I guess to an extent, punishment is kind of an effort towards solution of the problem, but we've seen, due to the recidivism statistics, mm-hmm. that punishment is not no. a solution to the problem. So, you know, retaliating against people and punishing people is not really solving the problem. It's it's taking a small step in the right direction, I suppose, although it could be argued that it just takes a step backwards because right. then, A, you institutionalize people when you put them in prison. Yep. And B, you um, you disillusion people and you just piss them off mm-hmm. and push them into a position where they're going to want to commit more crimes yeah. and commit yeah. more violent acts. You know, anytime you have a problem, if, if, you're, if your car is, is burning oil, you don't just keep putting oil in it. You figure out why it's right. burning oil. Get to the What's root of the problem. Right, exactly. You know, unless you don't care that the car is going to die in a couple of years, I guess, whatever. But with problems like like violence in the military, we can't just let that car die in a couple of years. Because no. we're going to have that car for another couple of hundred years right. or more. Right. And we really can't let that car die. <laughs> You know, even if you don't necessarily believe in having a strong military in the nation, you have to admit that we're going to need something. <laughs> yeah. So you can't let that car die. Right. You have to take the engine apart. You got to figure out why it's burning the oil and fix it. Right. So the idea of punishing criminals is like putting oil in the car that's burning oil. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it sort of stops the problem right now to take this violent offender and put them in a cell for six months or six years or whatever. But six months or six years later, you're going to keep burning that oil. You've got to solve the problem. So in this case, yeah, just separating the victim from the perperpetrator is just putting oil in the car. Yeah. It's not fixing the problem. It's not the fixing problem the problem. The problem is, like I said, you have to figure out is is victim is the victim lying and that's the problem that you need to solve or is the perpetrator perpetrating? Yes. <laughs> and is that the problem and you've got to solve that problem? And if the, if the perpetrator indeed committed this offense you have to figure out why it happened and how you can prevent it from happening again which is what sharp's purpose is which again like they just came into the situation like where were they all along at fort hood when all of these other allegations were coming forward against other different people you know i mean fort hood is a large place it's one of the largest army bases we have there's got to be more than just these few cases that we've been hearing about sexual harassment or sexual violence. Why is it continuing to happen? And why is Sharp just now investigating? Right. So the question is, are they just 
crap at their job and lazy and they're just taking too effing long to get to the stuff? Or is the problem so endemic that they just don't have the resources? Right. Is it like they spent six months working on other six-month-old cases before they got to this one, in which case the Department of the Army needs to assign more resources. Which they they are at this point now. They need more. They, I, I, I agree. They, you know, they have a team of, now I can't remember how many SHARP members, but they have a team of a certain number of SHARP members, which I even said last episode that I didn't feel like that was enough. Then they also have the, these new investigators coming in, which I think they have a team of like 10 or something that are going to be looking into... Uh, case reports and and stuff like that um but like i i i don't feel like that's even enough like again fort hood is a large large army base right and the fact that in i i don't know the uh the percentage off the top of my head but the fact that every 73 seconds in everyday life in the united states somebody is sexually assaulted we can assume that that statistic is pretty similar in percentage, I mean, on the army base. Because if it's happening as frequently as we're hearing from the news, it's happening even more frequently in the cases that we're not hearing in the news. So if we only have a few people going into the base to investigate, that's not enough manpower. Right, right. There are probably... It's, it's the size of a city and it's got three cops in it. right. Exactly. Exactly. It's not. That's not going to help. That's not going to work. So we we and and again, I I think I said this last episode. If it's happening at Fort Hood, it's happening everywhere. Most likely, yeah. It's happening yeah. at every base in every branch. We had Amanda, who was Navy. It happened at her base. We had Chastity who was Coast Guard. It happened at her base. Clearly, this is happening in all branches of the military, at all bases, all over the country. So we need way more Yeah, clearly. than what we have to actually investigate. One thing I have to say that I am happy to hear is that they did have an advocate for him. At least there's that. Uh, I mean, like, kind of yeah, there's one thing. But that wasn't able to stop the bullying and harassment that he got when he moved on to the new unit. You know, these people. Fa and how did they find out about his report? Who leaked that information? You right. know what I mean? Yeah. So someone clearly is now just like being a troll, trying to get a, a rise out of everybody like hey this guy uh reported that somebody right. harassed him he must be gay right exactly. like you were saying before yeah. and now he endures however much more trauma because now he's being harassed by new people he had to endure not only now living with the trauma of having been violated physically but now he moves on to a new unit and he's thinking, great, I got a fresh start. You know, everything's going to be OK here. And then he has to endure even more trauma because these people can't act like adults. Right. Right. And, you know, as much as that advocate was was great in 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 navigating him through certain things, they and it's not the advocate's job. I'm not saying that it's not the advocate's job to stop the bullying. But 
why is there still this culture of 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 hazing and all that garbage right because people people are just monkeys and they just want to yell and beat their chests and throw poop at each other it's just, you know, it's it's evidenced every time we talk about this kind of stuff. You know, I, I, throughout this, this series that we've done on sexual violence in the military, you've seen this. Because in a lot of our other podcasts, you're dealing with people that have something genuinely broken in their, in their brains, in their neurology, in their psychology. In this case, this isn't really someone that would be diagnosable. These are just jerks. These are just humans who were jerks. Yep. You know, yep. you went to high school with 50 of them. Yeah. More than 50 of them. You knew 50 of them. You went to high school with 150 of them. Um, that's just normal human debaggery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's what humans want. We're still monkeys. We've only been humans for about 50 to 200,000 years. Yeah. We were monkeys for millions of years. Correct, yeah. It's going to take a while until we're not monkeys. Yeah. And we need to use our big brains... And try to remember, remember that all the time, that you are a monkey, try to not monk so much. Part of the problem, too, is that there's no, uh, there's still a culture of acting immature. There's nothing that's trying to change our psychology and our psyche to be better people, you know, like there are if we have tiny podcasts on the internet, I know that's about it. I know, but that's my point. We don't have enough in society saying, you know, let's try to rewire and actually putting that forth. There's, there's, yeah, little things like this here and there. There's little tiny advocacy groups. There's little tiny, you know, mental health clinics. But it's not enough to change an entire society's way of thinking. Right. Exactly. And until we do that, right, the evolution is going to progress incredibly slowly. Right. So we need to really start being more cognizant of what is actually happening. And we have to be cognizant of what we are doing and what we're thinking. If we're thinking it's a good idea to go... Um, call somebody gay because he reported uh you know a, a sexual abuse claim think about what that would mean for you think about that internally what would you feel like if somebody said that about you right if you, you clearly find homosexuality to be something terrible right yes and now someone calls you gay <laughs> yeah because of a situation that's completely out of your out of your hands out of your hands exactly but again to play to get in their mindset the idea would be well you should have defended yourself How, you you must be gay if you let it happen right but i'm not even saying that i'm saying after it happened not even like what what you would have done in the situation i just mean if you think that it's okay to say that to somebody think about what it would be like if somebody said that to you how would you feel if somebody said that to you and if you if you're thinking i would feel like shit i would feel like wanting to punch that person i would feel this that the other thing maybe you shouldn't say it right that's what i mean right think about you know it's the whole the whole practice of do unto others you know as as you would want them to do unto you 
It's that exact principle. Don't say something to somebody that you would be offended by. Right. But they don't they don't think about it like that. But they, they should. Like yeah. And that's my point. Right. We have to start training our brains to think about that. Right. Too many people just say anything. Yep. And don't think about the consequences. Everyone is a do it now personality. And we need more thinkers. <laughs> we need more thinkers more less ignorance right we you know and we we need to train ourselves to do that and it's yeah it's going to take a while but that's what we need right unfortunately the arctic sea ice does not have that long <laughs> so the do it nowers cannot be stopped by the thinkers we gotta try we gotta try make podcasts <laughs> yes spend an hour on a sunday what else are you gonna do honestly what else are you gonna do i you know i was so happy the other day that i um i came across another podcast um about it's true crime but it's about survivors of of uh traumatic experiences it's called the girl with the scar so i'm gonna put you guys out there the girl with the scar and um it's all about the stories of survivors uh of of trauma female survivors of trauma to show their resilience um and i was really excited to hear that there was another podcast about that because we need more podcasts about that we need more people out there shouting from the rooftops that this happens and that you can overcome these things. It's people think that this happens like in a bubble and it doesn't. It's, uh, it's clear from everything that we have talked about every single episode that we do. I mean, I can't even tell you the list that I have for other episodes. It's, it's like four or five pages long typed pages long because there's just, case after case after case of violence against women or, you know, sexual violence, whether it be against a woman or a man, domestic violence. I mean, it's just, it happens so frequently because we don't have a culture to stop it. We don't have a culture to prevent it. We have a culture that allows it to happen and then blames the person that it happened to. You shouldn't have let that happen. Right. No. Right. No. That is not how we are supposed to go about this. It's you shouldn't have done this right. to that person. Right. How could we have prevented you from doing this to this person so that we can prevent the next person from right. being harmed? Exactly. That's what our culture needs to be. Right. It's about, like I said, solving the problem. Correct. How do we stop this from happening again? Correct. Don't think about punishing the person who did it as a primary thought. Like, yeah, you can deal with that later. But your first thought should be, how do we stop this from happening again? Exactly. Exactly. And that's Sharp's purpose. And I really, truly hope that they are actually going to get things solved. But like we just said, I don't think that they have enough manpower going in there. And... You know, only time will tell. 
we'll see what comes out from this investigation. If, if they even tell us. Who knows if the military is even going to be transparent with, with us. And, and let us know all of the allegations and all of the cases that were happening there. And even if they have that, what are they going to implement to prevent it from happening again? Yeah. Yeah. So somebody in, in, you know, the equivalent of upper management needs, needs to look at this and figure out what is the problem is, do they have enough resources and they're just not using them effectively or do they need more resources? Correct. And why don't we already know about this? Why aren't we getting reports from people saying, hey, this is the problem. This is why we can't do our jobs. Mm -hmm. Or are the people at the bottom saying, hey, this is the problem. And the people at the top just aren't listening. Right. So somebody at the tippy top then needs to right, go and say, like, hey, you know, and that's the thing. In any organization, as you go higher, you, ha you accept more and more responsibilities. Right. And that's a problem endemic to every human organization is that you get these promotions whether it's in the military administration or in, or in corporate administration or whatever. And you just think, oh, great, now I just make more money. And because I'm cooler, I should work less hard because I've earned my break. No, no, no. Your break is retirement. When you're done with the job, that's when you can slow down. Right. But as you're moving up the chain in anything, whether it's the military or civilian life, you need to work harder to earn that more money and that more prestige. Yeah. Not not less hard right so and you need to take responsibility for everything that happens beneath you so mm -hmm. whoever it is in the in the upper upper management the upper echelons of the military that is either ignoring these reports that sharps is ineffective or they're reading these reports and they're just being ignorant about it those people need to put in the effort and figure out okay what's the problem and how do we solve it you should be thinking in, in any kind of professional capacity, in any kind of management capacity, every single day, that should be your number one question is, what are the problems and how do we solve them? Not just like, man, this weekend was rough. I'm looking forward to a nice, easy Monday. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, as we mentioned last episode, um, Army Secretary Ryan McCarthy is conducting a review, putting together an investigative review of... Vanessa Gann's case. So, I mean, he's the secretary of right. the army. So, you know, right. we, we're, we're getting to the top, to the right. top. Right. Um, well, good. He said, he said that the army is going to have four civilian, uh, consultants and then other, uh, you know, they're going to have other things happening as well in, in, in Fort Hood. So it's also good that they're having civilians come in. Right. Cause then they'll give an unbiased. Exactly. Opinion. And they're also not subject to UCMJ either. Right. Yes, exactly. So, so they don't have to worry about like, oh, if I give a bad report, exactly. I'll get shit duty. Exactly. It's, so, you know, it, that makes me a little happier about the investigative process that's going to be happening there. Uh, but again, only, only time will tell what actually happens and what actually comes out of this investigation. Yeah. So as we mentioned in part two, Sharp has now entered the base to do a full investigation and they have restructured from the top down at Fort Hood. And finally, an investigation is being done to find out what exactly is going on at Fort Hood. We want to end this episode by mentioning the names of all the soldiers who have unfortunately passed this year who were stationed at Fort Hood. 
While not all have died by murder or suicide, we want to bring attention to the increasing number of soldiers who are dying on our own soil. So this list is not exhaustive, but it is the latest that we've seen as of September 2nd. On February 1st, Private Eric Christopher Hogan and Private Anthony Nivelle Peak died in a two-vehicle crash. On March 1st, Shelby Jones was shot and killed off base. In early March, Specialist Christopher Wayne Sawyer died by undetermined cause. On March 18th, Freddie Beningo Dela Cruz Jr. was shot and killed off base. On May 18th, Private First Class Brandon Scott Rosecrantz was shot and killed off base. Eight soldiers died in an accident, though I could not find their names or what exactly that accident was. On July 17th, Private Mejor Morta drowned at Stillhouse Hollow Lake. On August 2nd, Specialist Francisco Gilberto Hernandez Vargas died by drowning at Temple Lake Park. On August 12th, Jacob Atten was struck and killed while directing traffic. On August 13th, Sergeant Bradley Moore died during a training exercise. Two soldiers died of illnesses, though no names have been reported publicly or what those illnesses were. There are also five pending deaths that have not been confirmed as of yet. And then we have Vanessa Gann's perpetrator who died by suicide. I didn't really want to even mention him, but I'm not giving his name. And we want to give special mention to Sergeant Elder Fernandez, Private Gregory Waddell Morales, and Specialist Vanessa Guillen, whose case is the reason this is finally all getting done. Any parting words? Uh, no, I mean, like I always say, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but the, the same things that we've been saying the whole time. Like, this is, you know, but yeah, maybe a little bit different. I'm glad that something's getting done. I'm glad that somebody at the top is is paying attention and you know i, I want to say it's not enough but i don't know maybe maybe it will be hopefully it will be and i guess all we can do really is if you're hearing this and you know that it's a problem speak up speak up talk to your ncos talk to your whoever's and tell them even if it's not you i saw this happening and you may be thinking, well, we, we can't do that here. Well, then should you be there? Right. Should you be part of that organization that is going to chastise you for being concerned with the justice right. of your comrades? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, maybe you shouldn't be. Yeah. Um, you got to speak up. You know, it's 
see something, say something. <laughs> it's true. Um, and if you're listening to this and you think it's okay to be doing these things, you're wrong. I'm telling you you're wrong. Uh, if you disagree, come fight me. No, don't come fight me. You can probably find my address or whatever. Um, <laughs> fine, come fight me. But you, you're wrong. You're wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay? I, I don't care what you're, what you're saying right now. You're wrong. You can't do things to other people without their permission. Correct. Ever. No matter what it is. Correct. I mean, let's stick a surprise party. That's cool. <laughs> but, you know, you can't touch people without their permission. Right. Um, and if you're listening to this and you're not in the military, if you're, if you're some high school kid, same exact freaking rules apply. If you, if you, if you see these kinds of things happening, you've got to, you've got to tell someone about it. You've got to, you got to stop these things. And I know that can be scary because you might get hurt. Um, but unfortunately, some of us are going to have to take a few hits to maybe solve the problem 30, 40, 50 years from now. Um, because this has been going on for thousands of years. We, we've got to, we've got to fix this. Yeah. We've got to fix this. So, I mean, I guess those are my parting words. I, I hope this effort with Sharp goes forward. Um, and I hope we can, we can change things. But... It's going to take more than that. It's going to take everyone getting involved. And like Sarah said before, we've got to change our mindset too. We've got to get out of this idea that there are taboo topics that we can't talk about. Like, what are you, 13? What are you, 7? Be an adult. You can talk about literally anything. They're just words. Sticks and stones will break your bones, but words will never hurt you. You have to be prepared to talk about all the things. All the things. And if somebody tells you they don't want to hear it, then don't talk to them anymore. Yeah. Or try. You know what? If you've got the time and you really feel like beating your head against the wall, go for it. See if you can finally get through their thick skull. We've got to talk about these things, and we've got to make change. Yep. Because uh, otherwise, we're just gonna somebody else is gonna be talking about this on their podcast fifty years from now. Yeah. I really hope that's not the case. I agree. I mean, I hope there are podcasts fifty years from now, <laughs> or whatever's gonna be. Don't just be brain the future. Exactly. Whatever the like. the future of streaming is gonna be. But yeah, exactly. All of that. So if you or anyone you know has a story you would like to share on Blackbird, you can email us at blackbirdadvocacy at gmail.com. You can message us on Instagram at blackbirdadvocacy, or you can find uh, any of our other social media on our link tree, which is l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e slash blackbirdadvocacy. Um, I mentioned in yesterday's Psyche Saturday episode that we are now on Amazon Music, so you can find us there. I still did not find any review section for that, which I still think it's strange because it's Amazon, so we'll see if that eventually happens. So, um, if you want to leave us a review, best place to do that is, uh, Apple Podcasts. Again, you can find all of the places that you can find us on podcast platforms on our link tree. Please share our show. Um, Tell your friends and family about us because, again, these are issues that need to be discussed and are, they need to be talked about. Like Dan just said, these are issues that need to be discussed however hard it may be. 
they need to be discussed. So please share our podcast or share the stories that you're hearing from our podcast even. It doesn't, you don't have to necessarily share the podcast itself, but talk about these cases. Right, because remember, we don't make money off of this. So nope. we don't actually <laughs> care about our listening numbers. We right. care about getting the stories Correct. out there. So yes, talk to your friends about it. Yeah. Yeah, be if like, hey, did you podcast, hear? That's cool. Exactly. But if they don't, that's fine too. Yeah. Yeah. And then do, do, do more research. Do more digging. Become an investigator yourself. Become an, a detective yourself. Because, again, that's what we want. We want to just open people's minds to more than just what your environment is. We, we need to broaden our, our mindsets. We need to see that there's more out there. And we, we need to talk about this stuff. We need to. So talk about it. One more thing before we go. Uh, we just announced yesterday that we are going to be doing another podcast convention. So another Pod V Con is coming. It is the weekend of December 4th through 6th. So it's a Friday through Sunday. Um, we're doing a holiday theme. So we're going to have panel discussions and uh, live episodes about all things holiday. So whatever holiday you celebrate, we're going to be talking about all different things that happen during those times. Um, I'm actually going to be hosting a panel about different religious uh, denominations and what their um, most fond holiday traditions are, as well as what they find to be the funniest tradition within their their faith. So we're we're looking for people who are all over the map. Um, who want to be part of a panel to discuss, you know, any and everything that has to do with your holiday traditions. Um, so I'm excited about that. And then Dan and I, of course, will be doing a, a live Blackbird. We haven't figured out our topic yet. Um, I have to look into holiday true crime, which is a little... The Grinch. Yeah. <laughs> holiday true crime perfect Ooh, we can talk about um krampus krampus yeah <laughs> yeah it's a little morbid uh to think about like holiday and true crime um but we'll we'll figure something out um so yeah, we hope that you tune into that. Um, to join that event, you can go to the Facebook group PodVcom, which is P-O-D-V-C-O-M-M, and the event will be there, which is the PodVcon for convention. Um, and when the time comes, you'll you'll be able to watch all the the live broadcasts, and uh, when we start announcing uh, the podcast guests and the panelists. Um, you'll get first notification of that if you are part of that group and uh, that event. So join, join, join. That's also, that link is also in our link tree. Um, so yeah, Dino is ready for us to uh, finish. So Dan, do you have any, <laughs> any other words you want to say before we sign off? Five, six, seven, eight. <laughs>
everyone. I am Nick. And I'm Russ. And if you're looking for a podcast about current events that's well-informed, highly educated, and safe to share with your whole family, that's not us. Nope, it's not. But here at the Nick and Russ Don't Know Anything podcast, we have an opinion about everything and don't mind sharing it. That we do. New episodes every Wednesday and Saturday. Check us out at nickandrust.com. And find us on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and many more, including YouTube. Thank you, and I love you all. Mwah!